0: Hi, welcome to the Hand Society podcast. I'm joined to... I'm Dan Higginson. I'm already messing this up. This is fantastic. And I'm going to keep it all in. I'm joined today by Paul Bents. Hello. And we're also joined today by amazing artist, Sheila Walsh. Hi
1: there.
0: Hey, Sheila. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, And obviously, no one can see this, but we're getting a really beautiful insight into your little studio behind you, which is... I like it. Uh,
1: yeah. Is Messy. It like works Messy. in
0: progress behind you, or have we got.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All works in progress. Um, I am currently working for a solo show and I actually am in my parents' house. So at 48, I'm still hanging out with my folks. <laughs> I live up the road with my family. So my house is too small. So they've given me um, a room in the house and I have completely taken over. Now there's still like wardrobes and. You know, college books for my brother and everything in here. But I, I make space, and I have great intentions to clear it out and rip up the carpet. But I've been saying that for five years now. So. I was going to say how long of those yeah. great
0: intentions. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. Like behind me looks kind of tidy, but then this yeah. side of the room is Rest. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty horrific. It, I mean, it looks a lot cleaner than than our space. Oh no, that's this corner. This yeah, that's this, this
1: corner. corner. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> the rest of it is a table there.
1: <laughs> yeah, my painting space has to be I'm kind of a tidy painter as in I'm messy while I'm painting okay. but um, when I'm done I really like to clean my space and clear so that when I come back to it it's my head is clear to move into it. Um yeah, I make an absolute mess when I'm actually working but then when I leave the space to come back the next day I set it up and I write notes because my time my windows are short to work so I kind of have to be really organized for the time that I'm working.
2: Yeah, that was I one of imagine. my questions, how much time, because you've got a family, right? So how yep. much time can you devo- devote to actually making work? Are you really like under pressure for that? Like, and you really concentrate yes. in those moments?
1: Yeah. So the dynamic we have in our house is um, I only started working, trying to work as professional artist five years ago. And my boys were um, newborn and two. Uh, When I left working as a veterinary nurse, um, my husband was starting a new career and we had zero money. So my wages as a veterinary nurse, as a part-time nurse, were paying for my children's childcare. So I decided I'd rather spend time with my kids, have no money. And my husband was keen to to move into his new career. So we kind of worked our way up. Um, And then I kind of found when they were about three and five, that I I am getting to the point of how much <laughs> how much time I have. Um, I had a moment where they were playing together and I thought, oh my God, I am going to... Like, I was completely disillusioned, but they were playing and I wasn't having to watch everything they were doing. And I thought, I need to get my identity back. Um, I've just been mommy for the last That's however so many years. And I thought, what could I do where I could work from home? I, I didn't want to go back out to work because I realised... Where we were at, I was still gonna to have to do a huge amount of the care. And so I said, I'd be an artist, but I have never studied. um I hadn't drawn I hadn't literally hadn't done anything in six years. and up until then, I was just like an amateur artist drawing at home, drawing, 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 since I can remember. So it's not like I, I suddenly decided it's something I've always done, but I had never learned to paint or uh, yeah, so anyway, I set up this space in my parents' home and I thought, now, where will I start? And portrait artist, Sky Portrait Artist, I don't know whether you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I decided (laughs) I'd never painted a portrait and I decided I would enter. So I set up the studio space in the December 2017, entered Portrait Artist in the January, my first painting in six years, um, it, look wait,
0: how, how many did you go through before you sent off the one to portrait artist? So that, so that comes, was
1: my first painting.
0: That the f- yeah, the first painting. So yeah. So before that, you were using pencils and stuff.
1: Pencils. I did use paint,
0: uh-huh.
1: but I it would be kind of to color in my paint my drawings more. Right. It was more as a mixed media. I had no like no idea, <laughs> so I sent it in. <laughs> it was like five minutes before the deadline, and I did a mug shot. I had no photograph of myself so I did a mugshot really quickly it said any past paintings or anything I was like nothing uh just sent in the painting and I got in and it was the biggest shock to my system from a painting perspective and confidence but it kind of forced me into the art world really quickly so three months later I had to go to London and it was hilariously funny from inside me because I was like I just should not be here I had five paint colors in my paint box um I didn't, I knew how to make orange and green, but like I didn't. So if in in hindsight, if I got over with the pencil and paper, I probably would have winged it, but I couldn't even wing it. So I had great fun, no regrets, uh, felt very lucky to be picked. But it, um, it kind of launched me really quickly, not so much into the art world. Um, it doesn't really do that unless you get to the top of the finals, you know, that sure. kind of thing. But it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence okay. as in I can do this. Now, that was kind of funny because as a result, then I kind of was ahead of myself. I wasn't quite ready. Um, So my work time now is because my husband then went on and got a job, but he commutes to work. My work time is literally when the kids are in school. But that doesn't really work either because I sort of do the shopping, manage the house, you know, like everybody else in the same position. Um, And I find... Uh, having worked when my first child was young, I used to go to work and close the door. Like it was a juggle to get to work, but I get to work. I was in work. There was nothing I could do home related. And I come home and the work do- door was shut. I find with this, I'm constantly consumed by my work. I'm constantly consumed by the kids. And I think the biggest reason that I didn't work for the six years where they were small, even though I had every intention to take out my pencils every night, was because I find it's used the same part of my brain. So I find that raising children is very creative. My, su- <laughs> my two certainly are mm. um, not the most straightforward mm. kids to to raise them. I mean, they're fantastic, but they're definitely not linear. And <laughs> then my work is not linear. So I'm still working on separating the two, but I find it really difficult. Then you have sick days, school holidays, which seem to be endless. Um, yeah, my husband is very supportive uh, and he does help me and my parents are very supportive. But it's too easy to say, I'll do that later or I'll do it tomorrow and the list just builds up and builds up. So Yeah, it's yeah.
0: It's, it's weird, isn't it? Like the the way that if if you start, particularly if you start doing this thing as a job. <clears throat> so I did a similar thing at the beginning of lockdown. I, I sort of stopped working in an office and, and started being full-time photography. And okay. it does, it just, it consumes your life, right? It it becomes very difficult to draw the boundaries between the two, particularly when you're kind of working. uh, I know you're not quite working from home, but you're working very close to home, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all my inspiration is from our local community, pretty much, uh, and my family. So even when we're out, you know, if, if my kids are skateboarding or surfing or they're jumping into the sea, the environment that we're in, Is kind of my subject for how what I work from. So I'll tend to be constantly thinking, this, I don't really work like this, as in this could be a painting. I never go in with a plan for it to be a painting, but something will hit me. And so it's, yeah, it's all consuming. And it's, I have been following both your photography for a while. And I get the amount, I get the picture that you're very much in your environment as well. You're working from, I could be wrong now, but the people, and the things that you are you are in rather than you going looking for a source i think i could be wrong <laughs> a bit of
0: I, both, I think was, a bit of both, both. yeah,
1: think?
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was i was i was going to say you take a lot of um uh uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, inspiration maybe is that the word from from the mm. landscape and from your communities that you you're yeah. close to um, and I was wondering, do you, do you take photographs or is it all imag- from your imagination? Do you, do you have reference photographs when you're making paintings or is it all just coming from your mind?
1: Um, I don't go out and take reference photographs, but like I say, we'll constantly be taking images and they're never they're never composed or posed. So even the people that are in them, even though I'll always ask permission if I decide to use uh a photograph i usually just point and shoot like i don't um and i kind of like weird angles or blurred shots or accidental shots and i never just work from one shot so it will usually be from uh maybe two or three um images or i might decide as i'm painting it that because i don't put a lot of preliminary work in something could go horribly wrong just midway through the painting i realize it doesn't work so i'll say oh Maybe a coffee cup would work in that corner just to, to draw the eye down. And so I just take out a coffee cup and I'll paint it in. So I have lovely freedom in what I do. I definitely need reference images um, for sure. I like to be as kind of anatomically correct as I can, but then I lose a lot of it as I paint. So the majority of it is painted up and taken off. And I just keep painting up and taking off the paint until I'm comfortable. But I'm still learning. Painting is still... Um,
2: Really new, really, really new. So when I was um, doing a little bit of research on you before we you came on, uh, one of the th- I saw a video of you talking on um, Waterford Arts uh, thing, yeah. and you were talking about how you transfer uh, emotion into a, a painting, and I was wondering if you can. Yeah, about I that, definitely
0: but... catch a vibe from these paintings, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. There's definitely
0: well, that's good.
2: Some, yeah, definitely. I mean, I just wonder how you do that. What what what's the process for you of how how you think you get it from being. You know, something that's in your mind. to actually, a physical painting that's got this, you can feel the emotion in them, I think. Oh, so.
1: that's great. That's great <laughs> if you get that. Thank you. Um sorry, I was very nervous. The shake has gone out of my voice a little bit now, so that's um fine. and I've had too much coffee. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm amongst <laughs> <laughs> friends. No, I still <laughs> coffee there. I thought, okay, okay, we're all on the same page. Um Yeah, again, like that, I never I don't think I've ever started a painting with like a deep emotional concept ever. But because I'm painting either people or uh, subjects or places that I'm incredibly passionate about or have um, definitely a relationship with, I think it comes out in the painting. Um, I find definitely when I do self-portrait, it's usually kind of from the perspective I want to capture an angle or a moment but it's never an emotion. But inevitably, when I start painting, the emotion comes out. Like paintings I've done, I've gone, that's, I can literally see what the, what the thought in my head is or the feeling. Um, Again, just an example would be, I'm, I'm trying to get, keep my drawing practice now, Um, was recommended by a mentor. My drawing practice is separate to my painting practice because she was saying to me that I'm tending to, draw my painting and if I want to learn which I do want to learn to use oil paints because I only start using oils su- the summer gone um I was using acrylics until then because I was working at home a lot um she was saying to keep my drawing pra- practice se- separate and actually it's been fantastic because I'm learning to use pencils I know it sounds silly but um they're a whole kind of area in themselves as a medium so I had started this drawing of my son in the showers of the swimming pool that we go to and he had a bright a luminous yellow swimming hat and he was just you know messing with it or whatever in the shower and I loved the contrast between the luminous yellow and the kind of muted colors of the shower so I started this drawing and it was pretty big and I had the whole thing drawn out it had taken me hours and hours and hours and I just thought oh this is just a picture of him in the shower. And then I got this, I kind of get these, um, not to sound too deep about it, but like a bang of, well, that hand should be red or that there should be a bright blue. Like I get something right. that will really strike me. No, it's not right. It's not, it's just what I feel should be there. So I got this bang of, he hums, uh, <laughs> he's, he's nine now, but he hums classical music. He loves classical music. And he, there's this one um, Tchaikovsky, I can, Tchaikovsky actually pronounced it right, tune that he loves and he hums it in the shower, showers in, uh, well, he hums it all the time, but he hums <laughs> it in the showers and all the women are always saying, oh, he's so cute and he's, you know. Um, but <laughs> I had this image of the sound coming out of him and swirling in the shower beside him. So I, so to save me spending hours drawing the drawing out again, I traced my own drawing and put it on another sheet and then left enough room to have the side of a shower and just the music coming in through the shower anyway right. <laughs> but what I mean is that I, I I rarely started and for me um, he does that too. he does that all the time just to keep himself regulated and so for me that was hugely emotional and mm-hmm. it's a time in our lives we'll probably never capture again you know I don't think I think he might become a bit self-conscious that he hums <laughs> out loud in public yeah. you know um So I just thought it was a moment for me. It means a lot to me, but nobody else would probably get it. Um, And I'm okay with that too. You know, not everybody has to know the narrative. I don't feel I have to explain the narratives um, because everyone will find something in it, in any way.
2: Right. That's the amazing thing, isn't it? It takes a long while to realize that, I think, as well, that once you put work out, that there's so many different messages to so many different people from a single piece of work that might mean completely something different to you. And I think that yeah. it takes a little bit of while to
0: accept that as well, doesn't it? It's like, it's like oh, it doesn't belong to you, right? Once, w- once it's out okay. there, it's like, I don't know, you're kind of, uh, I'm going to sound deep and woo-woo now for a second as well. Your goal is to... I don't know it's just to put that light on that canvas you know like that's mm. you're trying not to get in the way of the idea right yeah you, you don't want to put it through your filter it just needs to come out as pure as possible okay and that once yeah. it hits that canvas it doesn't belong to you anymore you are just literally like the window right
1: yeah yeah and i suppose that's like for everything isn't it like music or photography or um anything that you have a compulsion to create it and put it out there i think if you're not looking it's a difficult one. In one sense, you are looking for approval because especially if you're trying to make a career of it, you need that approval to keep to keep uh, sustaining what you're doing. Yeah. But I think um, for me, uh, I don't, a million people could say I love it, but if I'm not happy, then it doesn't change my opinion. Obviously, I want my work to hit people in some respect and obviously I need to sell it to continue from that perspective. But I definitely can't produce work to please an audience because uh, you know there's an audience for everything isn't there you know and, and I'm perfectly happy I actually love when people say oh I don't know I don't know it's a bit you know I actually yes, love that okay. because I kind of think that's cool if you don't like it but but it's made you think and it's made to have an opinion and even if your opinion is I don't like it I actually I kind of go oh great I've
0: you you've I've kind of shuffled
1: something yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah it's good it is good. Yeah. It must have been really bizarre because you said you hadn't done anything for like six years, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden you decide, and this is going to be not only a considerable hobby that you're going to plow lots of time into, but it's going to be a profession.
1: Yeah. What, what yeah. do you think that
0: did I've to... Seen. I've got two questions, right? One's about your visual style, because I assume mm. this has been years in the making, right? The, yeah. the 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 way that you paint or the way that you draw. But it sounds like you just kind of arrived there immediately, yeah. which is amazing. And I kind of want to explore that. But like, I guess the main question I have is, what do you think just going straight from nothing, you're a veterinary nurse part-time and now suddenly mm. you're an artist and you're relying mm. on commissions. Like, what do you think that did yeah. to your practice?
1: Um, In one way, I felt like all my dreams had kind of come true as in I was getting to to do something that I had always felt was just a part of what I did as in I would have always just done it and from when I was really really young and um, so a part of me felt like a part of me had been put back in place and it was a massive relief I felt like that creative side of me was really able to express myself and I don't think I don't think I had time to think as in I someone had said to me, book yourself, book a show so that you have a focus and you have something to work toward.
0: You need a deadline.
1: And yeah. And so that was really good. And that again came really quick, like it came around really quickly. Uh, And that's something that I've learned uh, that's been a big uh, kind of learning curve is when I used to look at applying for exhibition spaces or anything like that. And it would say like 2026. And I'd be like, oh, my God, like you know, two years away. Like if I'm thinking back, um i have been like two years away. And I'm like, oh my God, I need four years. You know, like <laughs> the the time, it, like, I, I suppose my perspective on time and how I work has changed in one sense. My work is very slow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... I think it just snowballed and not out of any, oh my God, I was so successful or anything like that. But there seemed to be one thing after the next, after the next and no break in between. So it was nearly like I actually didn't have time to think about it. I have moments of absolute panic uh, thinking, I don't know how I got into this position. I'm not ready. And I know I'm not like, it's not me putting myself down. It's more.
0: I mean, you swim in the sea. Like Mm -hmm. It sounds like you like to be out of your depth in every aspect right
1: <laughs> you know yeah no do you know actually I do I get really bored I had this conversation with another artist actually I saw you posted one of her images she's a good friend of mine uh, Bernadette Doolin do yeah. you know she had yeah. she's brilliant and she's like yeah, she's, she's been, been on the podcast uh, a while ago but she's yeah yes, she, uh, yeah because I, I, I said to her I'm going on the podcast with the last. <laughs> so um, she's brilliant and she I was having this conversation with her last week actually how when I started painting my first body of work was uh, the girls that I distance swim with. So I'm not one of these lingering, you know, bopping about in the water saying it's lovely when it's freezing. When I get in, I'm in a thermal suit and I'm swimming or surfing. And um, when I started, I, I got images taken initially of um, the girls that I swim with. And this was 2000. 17 photographs were taken in 2018, I started painting them. And I was painting like the community that gravitate towards the sea. So my people essentially is uh, what I wanted to work on. And the point I'm getting to is I started those and it was really exciting of trying to figure out how I would put these, how I would, but they just kind of come out. So I started um, this series and then I was working for a show in Barcelona last year and I needed to have one more piece. And I could. I wasn't being inspired to paint. I had no compulsion to paint any one thing. So I pulled out um, a photocopy of one of the photographs that I'd had from two or three years ago and said, oh, here, look, I'll just do this. It's been on my list for ages. And I drew it up. And from start the start of the painting to the end, I felt like I was painting tar. I felt like I've done this. I was so bored. I felt like it had no... It's not, I didn't love my girls or the... It
0: felt like work, right?
1: It felt like, yeah, it felt like it was... Hard work. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought this isn't coming from my head to my hand. It's just coming from my hand. And the painting turned out okay. Um, I just followed my protocol that I had done before. And so it, it was a big kind of... Uh, well, it was great, actually. It made me realise that actually I do need the challenge. I do need something completely new uh, in every piece of work I do and that I would get, I get bored very easily. And actually one of the things I've stopped doing is taking commissions, not because I can really afford to not take them, but I felt I was putting them on the long finger all the time because somebody sees your work and they say, Oh, we love this concept or this. So essentially I'm painting backwards. I'm painting back to something that they, the style I was at three months ago. And I just found that that
0: Sorry to uh, sorry. No, Often no, no, no. Latency. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um No, no. So was that you putting that on yourself or putting that on on your clients maybe that you felt like they wanted something from before or or was that a genuine thing like they had literally said that it needs to be in this style?
1: No, they never did. Um but I would also see that people would tend to choose my safer pieces, the pieces that were a bit easier to understand. Um like that a group of swimmers chatting after swim or and to right. me they were becoming very safe and they did what they said on the tin and I think I had to do that to start because painting was so new I had to keep it some way contained so that I could figure it out whereas now I suppose that I'm um learning to use the paint more I think I need to go outside the box more and so I'm trying to bring more, not surreal elements into it, but um, I'm trying to leave out bigger areas of the work to leave your head, put the pieces in. um, And also then just introducing elements that kind of throw you off. Like, I can't even describe it very well. There's a brilliant artist, uh, Ruprecht von Kaufmann, and he paints everything from his mind. But he will have, like... He could have the head of one of the people just isn't there, but it's people sitting having a conversation. And so you know what it is, and you know the person is there, and you know their head is there really, but it makes you have to think without. I don't, I, I don't know. I think I'm I'm still very much in a new stage with that, but it's yeah, I'm just trying to let when I do self-portraits, that would be a good example. I have no one to answer to, and I can paint purely as I so I'm not trying to make the person look anything I'm just painting purely from how I feel and I think I want to go a more, more along those lines as soon as people ask me to do a portrait of their family or whatever even though they are asking me for my style so I appreciate that and I'm incredibly honoured that they would ask but it's my own not wanting to let them down because I can't put the energy into the piece
0: yeah
2: um, how, yeah how, I'm still
1: figuring it out I don't know
2: how valuable is feedback, and where do you get your sort of feedback from? And 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 how how do you do it? because I think it's really important having a close network of people that you can mm. show stuff to. And I've just wondered how you developed that over time, and you know
0: as yeah. that developed. Yeah, because it sounds like when you started, you weren't really surrounded by a whole artists. heap of artists, right? No. Are your parents are your parents creative at all? Either that's another question.
2: Sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they are, and and you know, I've only think I've only realized now. How what they put up with as I was growing up. I mean, <laughs> I Jesus, like.
2: <laughs> so, are you come from a long line of delinquents? So. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> well, no. My, my parents were were kind of. Uh, I mean, they did the path. You know, they went to college and they got the job. They got married, so they did the path. And actually, in hindsight, uh, my mom probably would have been. A, and she does paint now. She uh, and probably would have been fantastic, but she stopped painting when she left school. And then she went on to be a teacher and had a family and, and she never painted until she retired. So uh, my dad um, was an engineer and, and lecturer, but he plays traditional Irish music. He plays guitar. So we would have been a, a kind of a creative ho- house. And certainly whatever I said, oh, do you know what I might try? I might try this. And they go, <laughs> okay. And they kind of hold their breath and just, you know, so I only realized now, right? yeah, they're incredibly supportive. So, uh, I didn't, uh, actually a couple of my absolute closest friends from when we were very young um, are artists. And so I did have very close friends growing up um, that were artists. And But when I started from a professional perspective, not really. And actually it's then people like Bernadette and that have come onto my radar. What I've noticed is that uh, I've had a couple of quite established artists in Ireland kind of give me a little a little bit of a boost and help and organize shows for me. And that's been incredible. Like I still kind of have to pinch myself there um, with how incredibly supportive they are. And I think a part of it is, is that as established as they are, they still have to work really hard to keep the momentum up that, you know, you can't live on your last accolade um, or your last show or your last sale. You have to, like anybody who works for themselves, I suppose you have to keep moving forward. So I've been very lucky. um, And I do have, Yeah, I have a great support network, really. But I do find like that, that I'll spend hours by myself or then hours with the kids. And every now and again, even though I can't really afford the time, I make a point of going to visit somebody, um, an artist and just having chat and coffee. And we might end up talking not even about art, but it's lovely just to get that kind of uh, like everybody, I suppose. you, You can talk to each other and you get each other without having to explain anything, you know. Um, so, But there is, there's good support.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what about, what about social media? What are your feelings on, you know? Oh, it's be, the, worse, the, whole, it? the whole the sorry, ho- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> 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 Well, it's I, awful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, go on, go
2: on. <laughs> no, I, no, I've just listened. So I was watching an interview um, with a, with a photographer called, well, I called him Niall, but uh, he, I think he calls himself Nil. So, so he's a good pal of mine
1: now. Yeah. Um,
2: and he's a photographer and he was talking about how he, he likes social media and how it's a good yeah. thing and that um you know 20 years ago if you wanted to get your work out there it would be really difficult you know there's only a few magazines or and and we don't know what we're born with we we kind of we've got this thing and we're like oh my god this is horrible because of you know these <laughs> stupid reasons when actually i can see the good side of it and the bad side yeah. of it. It, it you know there's positives and negatives right and it's i suppose it's how you use it ultimately <laughs>
1: Yes. No, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And you are right. And I think when we have those moments of, Oh my God, I hate it. We're still choosing to be on it. And I do think there's huge benefits to it. Actually, no, Neil, he's become a good friend um, and he's an amazing photographer. Um, Absolutely brilliant. Um, Yeah. I think where I'm caught with it is I think it's fantastic. I think maybe, because we're of the generation where we didn't grow up with it and then we're launched into it and we get caught up in the novelty and then you're in the middle of the novelty and think oh my god that part of my brain has just melted it's trying to find a balance isn't it um i think yeah i'm caught with i don't think maybe a lot of the contacts i've made no more than yourselves um uh contacts, seeing other arts, seeing opportunities. I mean, putting your work out there, uh, I would say I've had as many sales on my Instagram than I've had from shows, um, if not more so. Um, I think the contacts is probably the biggest one. I think it does create, and I only see absolute positivity with the people I follow and with the comments I get. I mean, it's all positive. It's all good. I think it's purely me personally, how much I get sucked into going down a rabbit hole of using it. So what I started doing um, is I I actually take Instagram off my phone during the day. So I just take the app off. And I find that helps. Now sometimes I say, oh, I just check and I'll just upload it again. And then <laughs> an hour later, I'm starting, oh. um, i I'm currently at my website under construction. I'm going to try. I don't think websites are really used so much anymore. I don't think. I don't know what your opinion would be there.
0: I, th- um, I think uh, we probably live in a slightly different world. So for I know for me, pretty mm. much all of my money comes through my website. So really, okay. But I mean, I live in a very different world, Sheila. Like I'm, I'm a yeah. photographer. So for me, the the Instagram is like the the leaflets on the on the street. Uh, but my website's yeah. like my shop. Do you know what I mean?
1: Okay okay, no, that's really interesting. That's kind of where I want to get to. I want to direct people to that and say, direct people to my website saying, here are where my shows are on, prints that I might have available, um, work that I might have available or upcoming events or whatever, and try and steer people towards that. And actually, maybe, yes, do a post on Instagram here and there to keep directing people towards it. Um, But I think for me, it would be healthier.
2: So there's something...
1: A mind mind time, mind time, or whatever. I
2: don't know. There's something called this the print space, and so they basically like a print studio in London that do prints for artists, Mm -hmm. and um, they've got a Facebook channel where they talk about selling art. Basically, it's called the the act of selling art. And I've been follow. I haven't posted into it, but I've been watching it for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they really like down on is the metrics and how it all works and one of the things they say are really successful is timed print drops so you're you only have a limited time of how long you're selling your piece of art for okay. and, and, and that really drives sales so that's yeah. that's you know that's a little that's a little, n- little <laughs> nugget i can that's i can give you <laughs>
1: no, thank you that's brilliant no because this is it we like we all learn from each other and like i'm just open to anything um and I think we all have, to, like there does have to be a support network. Um, and that's the other thing that I find is that rather than, you know, there'll always be that thing if you don't say, if you apply for something and you don't get it, but 10 of your other contemporaries get it and you're like, oh God, you know. Yeah. but I And I allow myself have that moment of God. <laughs> and then I go, do you know what? That is just fantastic because it'll be me next time and not them or it'll be me not this time. and You know that you have to, you have to put the good out there. And um, yeah, I think I think it's all I think that the community aspect and the context is fantastic. But I think you're right. It's how you use it and it's how much you allow it to be a part of your daily kind of routine with your practice. Because I even took a week or two off and I found it really liberating. But I also found when I went back to it, I for a little while I wasn't getting it sucked in. I was kind of, oh, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice, but not feeling that I, I had that need for a hit.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's perfectly engineered, though, to just... just mm-hmm. I, I find that I, I'll go to it in order just to, like, put something up. I mean, I, I make most of my money through weddings, right? So yeah. I'll, I'll go and update that part of my social media, and then I'll just find myself getting sucked into this reels. Reels is, like, the thing, <laughs> right? And it, before you know it, you've watched 10, and you're like, I'm not even watching them, but like, <clears throat> I'm just... Yeah. I don't know. They're just, they're just grabbing at attention. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might do your thing. I might might uninstall it. It definitely
1: helps. It definitely, and it sounds silly because you can upload it again in like a minute, you know, like it's so quick. Um, But one thing I did notice, I can't remember if it came up last night on my Instagram that they've changed it again. And that if you don't want to see any ads related to your, interests or whatever that you should pay 12.99 a month i oh, would find that
2: hilarious
1: wow. <laughs> so obviously i went for the free instagram um but i have also learned and you probably know this already if you go up to the top and you just press there's for you and following i'm gonna do, it. I'm gonna do it right. and if now. you just press following then it only shows you the people you're following no suggested <laughs> wait wait you know, your say this
0: again? so this in the top i'm gonna do it as we speak right so, so i'm trying little, to think
1: now in the, the, the little hamburger left, thing so just underneath where your profile picture is. Yeah. There should be like for you and following on your. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So if you go into following, it should just give you. Now, I think you still get some ads, but it doesn't give you um, suggestions, suggested pages. I think Well, it works for me anyway. I said it to a friend the other day and she was she said it's brought Instagram back.
2: Can I, you can I ask it? you another question? I read yeah. During, again, during my, my deep research, I oh, didn't...
1: I'm nearly I, scared what you I, Can we just say I, that this
2: deep research also unearthed yeah, a completely yeah. different Sheila Walsh. Oh, did, did <laughs> and I, did and I? I thought your name I, I thought your name was Sile Walsh. I was like, Sile, yeah. it's Sile. Right? No, 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 it's okay. Sheila.
1: Sorry, it's Sheila. <laughs> no, don't, because uh, I've only learned how to put the father on the I. So it's uh, the Irish. Uh, so I with the father makes an E sound. So it's the uh, Irish spelling. Nice. So yeah, yeah
2: but one one of the things the other things you said is you like working in series and and because we're photographers, we like working in series too and okay. i was one. I was wondering if you can just talk about why you like working in a series and what does it do to the work
1: um I think I do for the most part now i I get kind of sidetracked easily, but I find what it what happens is that I get like um again like a compulsion or something will really interest me and um I can sometimes be working on a couple of different things at one time, like a couple of different series, but I find that uh, one painting is never enough to express how I'm trying to communicate what I'm doing. Now I find the painting itself is a complete concept. So it doesn't have to be three paintings to make the concept flow. But for me, I feel like I, again, I, I started a strong women in the sea um, series and COVID hit then and a couple of the women that I had lined up around the country I couldn't get to meet them so that kind of stopped short but I intend to continue it um so yeah I I think it really comes from just that I, I get really interested like at the moment in a subject and I can't I find so many things so many angles that I want to come in from that it's trying to express it or so many people that hit a certain um like now I never want to paint a swimmer again. It's not, I don't love swimming. <laughs> um, I think a part of it was because when COVID hit and everybody became a sea swimmer, which I have to say is fantastic. I love it. I love seeing people connected through the ocean. But for me now, I don't need to paint that anymore because it's not a niche thing. Uh, when I was, you know, a long time, uh, people used to do in black Oh, sorry,
2: Sh- Sheila. I think we just lost your audio. A minute, just went. Oh no! No, you're back now. I think you're back.
1: Back. I wonder. Am I just not plugged in properly? Am I? No, no, no. Did? I think
0: it was just uh, like a like oh, a, okay. a glitch.
1: Just a little, a, a little backtrack, and that was that. I just found I didn't need to express myself. Everybody gets Everybody gets it. But for the the sea swimming community now, that's kind of exploded. Um, I felt I was getting a lot of things like, oh, I know. I, you know, I thought, but that is no, that's not. So I felt I wasn't expressing properly, um, and now the kind of rabbit hole I've gone down is um, for this upcoming show. I start painting. I don't know if you can see. So this painting here, I know you can't see it now when you do an audio podcast, but that's quite a big painting. And um, really, I think what I'm—I'll get to that painting now. What I'm trying to do is our our history as coming from the sea. And we live in a really small, like Ireland is small, uh, population-wise and size-wise. And like I think, I suppose what COVID did was reminded people how close to the ocean we are. Like people were blinded. So I think unless you surfed or you did something very water-related, like you were a fisherman or a sea swimmer, um, I don't think the ocean really, people didn't really have a relationship with it. Um, they might like to go for a beach walk and that's a relationship with the sea. Or, you know, there's lots of people appreciating the ocean and that's enough. Um, so I think it was to, uh, kind of come from where this kind of salt water in our blood. So where it, kind of how it came from, like our history and our folklore. And um, there's been a load of influences there. I won't bore you with them. Um, but it kind of took two tangents. So the community I live in is incredibly water. Based. Uh, the kids all grow up jumping in the sea from a really small age, um, surfing, surf life saving. They're club swimmers. It's a really big part of our community. And so uh, the three lads, you can't see them yet because they're not painted in.
0: You can kind uh, of see one them. silhouettes, right?
1: Yeah. One <laughs> of them um, had put up an image. They're they're kind of in their late teens, early twenties, and they're incredible watermen here. Like they surf, they swim. Um, they're, surf, they're all lifeguards and their college holidays is a great community and they're very encouraging of like my kids you know so they'd be out in the surf and they'd be like come on three more paddles and you know so they're a lovely group of lads but one of them had put up this image of them walking across a big gully in the west of Ireland so they're basically crossing a cliff really tentatively with their surfboards and they're having to kind of navigate it but down the centre of the cliff down into this big hole in the rocks is the brightest green algae coming down like so it was just the contrast of the colors initially like that like i said i don't start with the, a deep concept and i asked him could i use the image and he suggests and from that now has just come like it's like an explosion of me wanting to express these water people and um mm-hmm. how they like these lads dads were surfers and they're kind of a generation so their parents are a bit older than my generation you have my generation surfer, swimmers, then their kids' generation, and now my kids. I have a fantastic picture of my two kids out in the surf watching one of these lads uh, cross stepping on a longboard, and it's just like how we're all how the community is evolving through the ocean. And then, as a result of that, I got into the myths of uh, selkies. I don't know whether you know that myth. I, I don't, unfortunately. So it's a Celtic, so I think it's in Wales and Scotland as well. So it's where seals, seal women come in. So female seals come in and they shed their skin and they become human women. And then a fisherman will steal the seal skin and he hides it away and she has to marry him then. So she lives on the land, but she still wants to go back to the ocean and she can't. And they raise a family. And one of the children comes in with the key for the chest that the seal skin is locked in, and she goes back to the ocean. So there's a whole mythology around it. I have a I don't know whether you can see it there now. This lady, I'm trying to bring it up. Woo! It's not dry even this one. And I can't even uh-huh. show you that one. Sorry. Well, it's getting there, it's still wet. <laughs> um, so that's a, a Selkie that I don't want to do like kind of fantastical mythology kind of pieces like pretty, pretty. She's kind of an older, you know, you can see it in her face. She's, um, she's kind of, she's an older woman, but she can't return to the sea. And um, so it's about her children, like there's all this history about how the Keneally children in the West of Ireland, if they were dark haired, they had seal blood. And if they were fair haired, they had human blood from, Uh. you know, the pairing of the fisherman and the seal. So there's a love, a beautiful mythology. And I think what I'm trying to do with these two themes for this show is kind of say that there's a huge depth of uh, people basically living from the ocean in Ireland and in every country where you're surrounded by the sea, but because again, we're small and our rural, the West of Ireland, we were down there in the summer. It's still very raw there, you know, and how the people live is still very dictated by the ocean. Um Sorry, I went off on a big tangent there, no, but I'm just really passionate about we are, it. Was we amazing.
0: are all about tangents. Like, the, 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 the thing is, is like, we both document stuff around us, right? So yeah. what you're doing as a, as a painter, as an artist, is just pretty much exactly like the thing yeah. that yeah. we're obsessed with doing as well. So yeah... I, we both do the same thing to each other all the time. We'll we'll start okay. talking about a little community or or like a or a thing. There's always a thing that kind of sucks you in, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Story- no, that's lovely because again, I see that in your photography, and I and I'm not just saying it. It's why I love both of your photography. It's nearly like you don't. The composition and the it's beautiful and it works because your eye works with it. But I and I could be wrong, but I I nearly see that you get the same thing if you come across and you go that that person has grabbed me that, that. and again like that there's these subtle things that you nearly need to read into you know the clothes they're wearing will tell you their status their background their interests their their setting everything kind of is a narrative but without being staged you know, it's like you've caught something raw. I but always It's, get it's rare
0: feeling. to see, it, it, and maybe it's not, maybe it's just me being really naive, but I don't know many, many artists, many painters that are kind of doing that documentary thing where they, where they work on a theme the way a photographer does. And uh, yeah, maybe me, that's she- one of the reasons that I'm so drawn to your work, Sheila. But oh, me I, Me and <coughs> what's, Paul what's were, really... Sorry, Dan. Mate. No, no, sorry, you mate. go, you go. No, sorry, mate. Um, me and Paul were having a conversation yesterday. Um, we were saying that, uh, the, the, you know, the, the best photographers in the world, whoever that is, the, the people that spring to mind, your David Bailey's, your Henri Cartier-Bresson's. Like, okay. if you stack up all of their work, maybe they've got, like, 200 amazing photos. And mm. um, I think William Klein had come up with this quite a while ago, but he basically said that if, if you stack up every moment of, of that master's work, you're probably looking at, like, a couple of seconds of their life, right? Okay. But with a painter... Yeah. There's so much effort that you put into every piece. That, for me, is a, is a weird mind shift, right? I don't know. I, I'm maybe happy with, like, one or two photos that I take a year, if, if it's a mm-hmm. good year. But, okay. like, like, what does that look like as a painter? Like, is every piece... Uh, oh, no. A hit, or how many go in the bin? Like, I just, oh, no. I can't even get my head into that space. It feels so foreign to me. Yeah. And how do you know but when it's good? And how do you know when it's good? How, oh. what's, what's, the, what's the bit you think? Oh, okay, I like it. I'm happy oh. with this.
1: <laughs> I think the same as when you know a photograph has worked, and I think it's exactly the same thing because when you're saying that to me, like when I see your image, with say just hypothetically that you've posted, mm. you're obviously for the most part, happy enough to put it out in public, you still might find areas in it that you're not 100% happy with or that you know, oh, next time maybe I won't, you know, but you're happy enough to put it out there. That's kind of a start. And I think, again, I can't speak for all artists because I think maybe the one downfall of Instagram is that when you look at work, um, you immediately think that everybody has it sorted you know, like that everybody is happy with what they've put out there, or that everybody is so accomplished that they're only putting out the work that they're happy with, which in kind of one way you have to do, I suppose, if you're trying to market yourself. But um I know I, I say I'm never happy. I I'm there's very few paintings that I wouldn't God. No, I'm not actually <laughs> I'm not. I <laughs> I think because maybe the way I work I'm in a constant correction throughout the painting. So like um, the amount of times I'll wipe out an eye and start again or paint over it, and paint over and paint over it. And I think maybe a big learning curve for me has been that I presumed that maybe like we're all presuming about the world outside is that everybody just comes up with this fabulous piece and it's done. But the amount of work to get to that piece or the amount of um, failures within it, I think one of the biggest things I learned with painting is before I would just, anything that wasn't perfect, even a sketch pad that nobody would ever see, if I wasn't happy, it would go in the bin. Everything just went in the bin. Um, Something I'm learning now is actually, oh, you just can paint over it. You know, just paint over it. Whereas before, um, if it immediately wasn't working, it would be gone. And I would feel like the biggest failure. Like I would just, it would completely consume me. Um, I still feel that, like I left the studio yesterday to pick up the kids And all evening was bothering me about these two things on two pieces that just the paint had gone a bit funny. And I like really clean edges. I'm so sad saying it, (laughs) but I really was disturbed until I was like all day, I need to get back. I need to get back this morning. I was like right straight to the studio. No, no surfing, no swimming, just get there and fix it. And as soon as it was fixed, it was like, ah, everything's perfect. Now I can start again. So I'm in a constant torment. Uh, but I would see it very similar to your photographs. Like Dan, when you're saying that only one or two of your photographs a year, you're happy. Mm. Think of the hundreds that you've gone through. Now everyone else might think they're good. You know, that's only your, I suppose your own thing <laughs> is it? Uh But, um, I think for all those ones you've deleted are like all the, the eyes that you've wiped off, you know, it's more difficult. I, I agree. It's more difficult to physically paint, but I was only saying to my son the other day, um, Again, we we're listening to some music, uh, classic music on the radio. And uh, it was a piece that we both liked. And now I'm not very up on classical music, but uh, just through him, uh, I listened to it. And I said, I just find it incredible how musicians have nothing. And they just make these pieces that just, I was like, I just, I, and I said, I suppose people see the same with a completely white canvas or board and somebody just makes something appear. But I would feel the same about music. I think photography is the skill set um, in itself that I can't even...
0: I think most art forms are additive. Yeah. So you start with nothing and you make something. Whereas photography is, to to me at least, it feels subtractive. So you start with the whole world and you come to the one frame.
1: But is that... See, I would find that very hard how do you find it and how do you know it's right because it has that's the, mil-
0: that's the million dollar question <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. Me. yeah yeah you can work that out for us Sheila I'm gonna be i be
1: mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why it's wonderful because if we could all understand how people come to the end result that's something I've learned recently like before to me having the perfect as perfect as I could get it and now I look back and I think oh my god did I think that was okay then and I'll probably be the same about the work I'm doing now you know um I thought that was okay then. How did I put that out into the world and think that was okay, you know? And I'm sure I'd be saying the same about the work I'm doing now, but I think to the point that um like when you when you're it's like if we could all understand the thing that everybody else did, there would be no beauty in it. And it's the act of creating. So now I'm starting to see, especially now that I'm researching putting more research into the work I'm doing, I see the painting as the end result. Whereas before it was just, I went straight to the work. Whereas now I'm coming around to the work and That's all okay. the pieces are feeding each other and the information and the people I'm meeting. Um, so for me, like even if we're down the beach and we're just checking the surf or we're, we're in or we're out or whatever, and we're chatting, it's every connection I make. Um, it's chatting with one of the lads who are in a painting. It's uh, And it brings me closer to figuring out the end result Uh, so that's something that's kind of just been new to me recently that stop panicking about how much work I'm getting done um, and try and just work on that everything that's happening in my life is what will come to the painting at the end Um, and I would love more time and sometimes I think if my god what would I do with an eight hour day you know but maybe I wouldn't use it I don't know maybe I, I don't uh, think
2: you would you be, no. become like oh my god I'll do it in the afternoon I've got <laughs> <Yeah, afternoon." laughs> just going to watch a bit of daytime tv
1: <laughs> yeah oh no 100 percent, 100 I don't do that well I don't do that well and I think uh, when I was when that time like you said when the kids were small like I kind of had this moment oh my god I, I'm getting these windows I think it lasted for about two minutes and in that two minutes I decided I'd be an artist um you know, I, I think that's something I'm not good at is sitting. Um, and it drives my husband up the wall. <laughs> <drives him> nuts. <laughs> um, but I find sitting really difficult. Uh, and I think once I'm painting, then I can, I'm present. It's one of those things where you I'm present, you know, and I actually can't stop really is the thing. I have to tear myself away.
2: Can I ask you about scale as well? Because you like working big, right? Yeah. It's and, and can I ask you about how how you think scale makes the viewer feel about the pieces? And and you know, do you think mm-hmm. a, a massive painting versus a small painting of the same thing makes you feel entirely different about the work?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting actually. Um uh when I started uh, the first series of my friends that were swimming and um one of the pieces that I started was probably similar to this size so I'm kind of keep pointing to the back um, and <laughs> it's, big. it's big it's about 150 centimeters high so I mean people do paint bigger and I think I have lovely visions that I would have this massive big warehouse studio and maybe eventually but then I keep making my piece with that and saying how lucky am I that I have a rent-free room that it's five minutes from my home um, You know, so I I feel incredibly lucky for what I have. Um, I think from a scale point of view, when I started this painting, it's of my friend walking up the steps from the ocean. So like looking down from a platform, you have to walk up the steps to get out of the sea because you immediately walk in, immediately get into deep water. And I wanted the viewer viewing the painting to feel they were standing on the top of the steps And I think I achieved it, kind of. Uh, It was a great fun one to do. So I think what a big painting does, it allows the person to come into the painting. Um, There was a brilliant show I went to see recently, and it's I'm not big into landscape painting, but um, it was like of a forest. uh, And it just was incredible. Like it was quite abstracted, but you felt it was really big. You felt like you were in it. Uh, So I think it can be more immersive. And then when I went to the only problem with the big paintings is they are harder to sell. They're harder to exhibit. If you apply for shows that are like um, the Royal Ulster Academy or um, big ones like that, they're, they don't want, unless the artists are very established, they don't want Joe Soap's big paintings um, right. because they don't sell and they take mm. up a lot of wall room. So um, they want small things. And, um, So I kind of then, during COVID, I started working small and I found that really, really hard. But it was great to kind of condense down the same thing into a smaller piece. So I do enjoy doing the big ones. The only thing is they're very time-consuming. Well, depending on how loose you want to be. Um, I mean, you could do a big painting and you could do it faster than a really small one. And I have found that, actually. um, Most of my work is kind of 80, 80 centimetres just because I find they're, they're an easier one. I, I bring them home sometimes as well and I work on them at home, but I kind of have to tuck them into the corner of the kitchen. So uh, it's kind of, <laughs> it doesn't always work either. Um, mind the painting, mind the painting. And then <laughs> don't I knock touch it. it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: don't touch I'm like that with my camera. My son's really, really clever. Don't
1: touch my camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. I <laughs> know. Oh, and I wouldn't mind, but I'm, I've been the one who's knocked the paintings every single time, you know, and we used to have it, we used to live in a smaller house and I had, I did a couple of, I don't know what, like, I look back at what I was doing and I think, what, how did I, like, I feel like I'm finding it. I'm getting more time and I'm finding it harder. Um, like I had less time and I was painting in the kitchen and the easel was beside the kitchen table and I'd have like hundred and twenty centimeter. I paint on um, marine ply, so I've heavy wood, big boards, and like the kids would have to kind of go in like this into sit down. You know. And I like, I think oh my God, I got some of my best work done. But I think a part of that was if they weren't watching TV, I'd just go in and do twenty minutes. Um, I'm, I think that's one thing when you're saying about time. I've learned is that you can do half an hour. Like before I was waiting for the big, you know, expansive block of time where I could go and express myself and get loads of work done whereas now i like, I've got 20 minutes. But also, I use those 20 minutes for doing application, right, sending an email and all the ad, many kind of things that I suppose nobody sees no more than photography or that um, you don't see how much of a huge block of time that takes yeah. up as well.
0: You're an artist for like 20% of the time, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, everything absolutely. Everything
0: else is just, you know if you're self-employed then you're simultaneously you're the you're you're the IT department like today yeah. you're trying to work on yeah. your laptop and that kind of stuff and then tomorrow maybe your payroll <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's just yeah it's never ending right there's this hidden layer that no one tells you about when you're like I'm gonna be an artist <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah no it's so true because again like that I suppose when you would see would say like that for your photography, you just have this vision that you're out with your camera around your neck, and you know you're exploring and you're taking photographs as you go. And I'm sure there's an element of that, but it must be very small. It's a small, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I find like you actually because I've I've got two kids and I do childcare for my two kids that. Mm. Um, I quite like working under, like, if I've only got 60 minutes, I'll go out for those 60 minutes. And I find that because I realize I've only got that short amount of time, that I'm yeah. really focused and I'm really concentrating and I'm not. Okay. It, it kind of does like an. And I know a lot of photographers spend eight hours and 12 hours wandering the streets, but I don't. I ne- never have eight or 12 hours mm-hmm. to, to do that. So w- when I put that little bit of time pressure on myself, I think something weird happens to my brain and it's like, okay. I yeah. I really got to cut and it, it makes me hyper aware almost it's like hyper focusing I suppose in a way. Okay. It's like I'm really like trying but, to take yeah. in
0: loads loads of information at I think works. both of you, right? If if I cuz I don't have kids, but when yeah. I look at both of your work, you both like energized by your kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> or exhaust <laughs> in, in in some artistic way. Maybe not in like a literal oh, no. energy like I'm not sleeping tonight because my kids been up for X number of yeah. hours, right?
1: Well, but I- you know, I wonder too, I think you're busy. Sorry, um, Paul, I think, mm-hmm. I think you're like, I think of t- before I had kids and I was busy. I was so busy. Every moment of my day was filled. I think I need to f- keep moving. I think that, um, that keeps me grounded. I think I'd be scared if I sat down, what well, would just flood in. <laughs> so I think there's an element to that maybe. But, um, And then they filled it, so they just became the priority, but all the other stuff then gets thrown in between. So I think, yeah, I think it depends on your personality, but it definitely does, and you are right, it definitely does make your windows really precious. And um, sometimes I can kind of be a bit kind of, you know, I'll be up here and I'll come out and think, what did I actually achieve, you know? But I'm starting like that to go, well, I... I cleared a space, I primed a board I and for the days where I can't focus, I try and do things like that. I try and just um, do something kind of mind numbing, but right, it's yeah. Progress, but you're paying you it know? forward
0: for future, Sheila. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I, they're the jobs that, um, they're not the interesting jobs, but they definitely, they have a space, you know.
2: I need a whip. Dan's yeah. a whip. <laughs>
1: but we all do I think because I think if we were all left off I know it's me I hate the admin I hate marketing I am trying really hard um, to have confidence like someone said to me when I was coming out of this they said don't put yourself down don't put yourself down don't put your work down don't do the whole I never studied don't you know um, and I thought okay I'm not going to do that and a couple of times I found myself kind of I'm going to say but I'm not very good but I'm not you know (laughs) but I think um a lot of it is mindset isn't it you know it's there's millions of brilliant artists out there millions and people that are so way beyond what i will ever achieve um but everyone i'm trying to just say i never want to take over the world i just want to express myself and for it to touch some people enough that that touch will allow me to keep going you know financially to yeah. the best that i can i suppose i'm in the lucky position um like That I it suits my husband. He commutes to work, so I do everything Monday to Friday, Uh, and pretty much at the weekends as well. But it's a bit easier to juggle, you know. Um, So for him, it means he can go out to work and he doesn't have to think about home life. And I'm sure, um, probably the same, same,
2: exactly the same. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it's I I feel like I get
2: Saturday morning off.
1: That's that's, (laughs) at least you've one window, but that's just (laughs) yours. yeah, so I feel very lucky with that. But there are times when I feel like I work so hard and I still have no money. And I know a big part of that is down to just being an artist. I think that's just the that's just part of it. Um, but I also realize that I'm not very smart from a kind of a marketing point of view or from even how I price my work. Like I could put hours and hours and hours, like hours into something and then I either won't value it. Um, enough that when someone comes to me and says how much is it, I oh, well, it's it's not that much because I have you ever
0: calculated your hourly rate, Sheila. Yeah, is no. it is it terrifying?
1: It's terrifying because I put so much time into my paintings, and a lot of that time is correcting. Now I know that's all part of the process, um, I can and hear I know your that voice, if I you're d-
0: already missing like one of the biggest parts. So you said yeah. earlier that you're doing more and more research, right? You're, yeah, you're spending time out with communities to do it like that there's a there's a value there right mm-hmm. there's a yeah. value in in that and the way that that's inspiring you and if you're not thank pricing you. in those hours too right you're yeah you're yeah. still undervaluing yourself i can hear you doing it right now you're undervaluing yourself right
1: yeah well thank you it's definitely something that i um even yesterday i did an application and i went and priced it and i thought oh this is too high and i brought it down and then i went hang on a minute the time they take 25% off, by the time you've delivered that painting, by the time you've bled, 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 bled you've already taken it down another 300 euro. And so I still probably could have put it up a bit higher than I did. But I definitely thought, don't do this to yourself again, where you come out and after the percentages and all the things have been taken out, commission prices, you end up with a couple of hundred quid. And it could be a painting that you maybe spent hundred hours on. And so, and like you say, there was probably all the, to get to that point, Mm. you know. um, And again, I'm, I'm looking at other artists. I'm trying to even research other artists and see how they're approaching it. I suppose a part of me feels I don't have a right to price my paintings high because um, I think what I did, I don't have all this background. Um. You know, I only have, but then I think, but I have worked really hard at my drawing, even if it was just for me for my whole life. So I'm in a bit of a conflict still, and maybe my personality that will always be there, but I'm definitely getting better. And thank you for that, because that's even just, I'm like, OK, no, you're right. And I would say to somebody else, I'm maybe not great at um.
0: Oh yeah, it's easy for it might, me to say, it, but like, it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, we all suffer from it.
2: It's a, it's, it's a pain, right? <laughs>
0: Paul's Paul <laughs> done yeah, it to me in the last few days. Or, we were talking okay. about another client, um, yeah, and I was talking about pricing and that kind of stuff, and Paul was like, "We have another friend, Roman. He's incredible with this stuff. He's." I don't he's know. French. He just, he's very okay. like, he's very French about
2: it. And he's like, no, no, this is the will. I honestly, if you want like this, my my friend Roman, he will just say, Paul, no, you know, this is the way. Let me let me tell you how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> <I love it. laughs> and he's very straight talking. And he's like, and I think this part of it is getting over. It's maybe it's a Britishness, a celtness, you know, there's something in it mm-hmm. that, that we 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 feel awkward almost, right? About, yeah. about m- money. There's an awkwardness to it. And I think I think part of it is just getting over that. I think part mm. of it is, you know, there is a value to what we do, and and yes. it's very difficult to, to to assign that value as an individual ourselves, and then feel sometimes. confident yeah. to stand behind that, right? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I
1: think,
2: but I think you, you, I, I think as you become more experienced and as you you spend more time doing it, you, 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 your voice should be able to get louder. And I think the key thing is that from everything that we've heard you speak today you spoke to her about an hour you can see that you're passionate and you love and you you care about what you do and and I think the value is you know you you the value is there your work is amazing you just 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 put the put the prices up
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you no that's been just brilliant because I felt like when I started I was like I knew it was going to be conversational chat and again, I admire both your work, and I've listened to a good few of your podcasts. And I, I kind I'm of sorry. knew it was that lovely. <laughs> no, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. And um, and actually, who who was was David O'Mara. Um. So David is from the same town that I'm from, and um, I think he did a podcast with him a good bit ago. Yeah, um, a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. So I we didn't know each other growing up. He was maybe a couple of years older than me, and. But we got in touch, I think, God, I say it now, I was actually on Sky Landscape Arts as well. don't know what I was doing on that either, but I think he must have seen me on that. And what was interesting was I had a lot of people from around the world who were from Tremor, but they were living abroad, saw it, and kind of it was that kind of, oh, home, somebody from home. You know, I had a lot of people contact me, even though it was an absolute disaster on that as well, but I had a great day. Um <laughs> So he had contacted me after that and said, oh, I, you know, saw you on TV and whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't heard your name in ages. But what was funny was um, I, I'm, he was home then. He was back in Ireland and we met for a coffee and he said, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast. You must listen to it. And he sent me on the link then for your podcast. And um, I thought it was great. And actually it was great. I was like a whole insight into his work, which I think is amazing. I think
2: my it's heard, incredible, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
1: amazing. His, an amazing, um just perception of what he sees, finding beauty in things, was it a Japanese word? Wasabi? Well, I'll think of it now, wasabi? Or maybe it's not, wasabi but, is wa- the... Wa- wa- wasabi?
0: Or, Something, or, oh, this is embarrassing. I know, I know the wasabi mean, is the, I'm
1: thinking of like the, so, the <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of sushi. Take <laughs> <Check> that out. I'm <laughs> telling <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my my... Deep intellectual knowledge. I sent it on to him anyway, because it was a book I was reading about finding beauty in decay and in um, old things that are old, you know, and I would see that in him. But I was telling him he was very embarrassed. I was telling him the story that when we were young, like when we were teenagers, I had seen him walking ahead, say, in a group after school and he had a big um, portfolio case under his arm. And someone said, oh, that guy is an amazing artist. And I was like, really? And I thought, like, he was the coolest. I didn't even know what he did, like, or if he could draw. (laughs) He obviously could, of course. Um, But to me, he became, like, this thing of what I wanted to be, this kind of artist with the portfolio case under my arm. And obviously, it took me, like, 30-odd years to get to that. (laughs) Um, And he was really embarrassed. He was like, no, no. uh," You know, I said, but it's funny that that was my lasting memory of him and then I hadn't seen him in a really long
0: time you know he really so. lives it he
2: really lives it if we, we we bumped into him in Bristol we went to like a book thing in Bristol and he had his ah. books there and it's the first time I've seen them in like touch it's them in the flesh
0: amazing they are really okay.
2: amazing you know there's a making process that he puts into making those handmade books that is that is a really special, and there's a he loves Japanese photography as well. He's a big lover of Japanese photography, okay. and there's a bit of that comes across in some other in those books. I, I was just blown away. Yeah, mm. I love David's work. He's a he's, he's a big lover of this. Uh, um, when well, I was a big lover of us, not us. <laughs> no, but I get yeah, you. Definitely not. I get you. <laughs> a,
1: friend,
2: a friend of the show is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well,
1: no, he, it was because of him, like he came out to my radar. And then I saw at Tim Coe and other artists um, that I would really admire. And I was like, just even, it's lovely to hear a conversation with artists rather than a performed, um, like an artist talk, because then you have to say, the right things, you know, whereas when everyone is just talking from how they work from a really conversational perspective, I think it's lovely. And I was just honoured you'd even ask. I was like, what are they asking me for? They've had people like that on. So just even that you would see in the work where I'm at is lovely. And oh, I'm for really... us,
0: every time we have that imposter syndrome, like when we reach out to people, we're like, oh my God, they're definitely going to say no. What, oh what are we no. Doing? We're so out of Yeah, our depth. yeah we like, they're not going to say yes, are they, to us? Oh.
1: <laughs> well, maybe when it's photographers as well, I suppose when it's people that you admire. But I think definitely I'm seeing that, like I was saying, from an artist's point of view, that I'm constantly amazed by so far, anyway, that um, artists that I would see as much more established than most and they are how humble they are and how helpful they are um and like say I'm sure like in every walk of life it's not always the case but um that I think if you reach out um that most people are good and you know I kind of would hope I could do the same even if it's in a different way you know but I think I think where I'm at now I'm I kind of came to a standstill in the summer. I got really frustrated by my lack of paint knowledge and my skill. And I thought, what am I even doing this for? I can't express myself. But I'm starting to recognize that that what had happened was I'd come up a step. So I'm at the bottom of this step. So I kind of worked to a point where I won't say I had it down, but I, I understood it, the point I'd gotten to. And then I was bored with it. And I kind of went up a step, but I'm at the bottom of that step and I'm having to get up to the top. So it's only like I I actually couldn't even really paint. I felt like I thought I just don't know how to do this. It's like I thought I had You're knowledge. You're doing a
0: very good impression, Sheila, or someone that can.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I just say thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I'm loving, I'm excited by the process. I uh, won a mentorship with these two incredible artists. They might be worth checking out, actually. They're both really interesting and they've really interesting names. They both live in Ireland, uh, Salvador and Schulte. And they are just said SL said Solt basti um, now he they're incredible. I'll, I'll okay. send you on their links I think yeah, you wouldn't
2: mind please.
1: So I won a uh, mentorship with the two of them and I had actually uh, sold a painting through this uh, crew that live close by in an exhibition they had. And I said, don't give me the money, just pay for it. They do these like art school courses. Um, I said, just pay for it. These guys were doing a double portrait class and the two of them were running this workshop. And I just said, put the money straight into that because it would be gone otherwise. And rarely I have that kind of surplus money. So I just thought, just take it away. Um, And so I did a course with them, a three-day workshop. Burned out, was on the same course, Small World. And... Um, And it was incredible because I don't want to learn how to paint someone else's picture, but I I don't have the skills to, for composition, I don't understand how it works. Um, I kind of feel like I want to learn skills and no more than taking off paint, I want to just take, like even mixing paints, like oils, mediums, all that kind of thing. I have absolutely no knowledge, but I got really overwhelmed then with how much I didn't know. And I got really stuck um, and I think that's why I went back to pencils and I thought, OK, at least you can rub out your pencil. <laughs> you know, I had a to learn with pencils, too. That's a whole art form that I had no concept how intricate it is once you get into the depths of it. Um, but I think I'm now I have enough of the base knowledge that I feel, OK, now I have something to work from. So I'm kind of feel like I'm in a kind of a new, very new stage. And it's really exciting. Um, I'm not under any illusion about my ability, but I know that I
0: something's been unlocked
2: right? Sheila I want, you, I want you to repeat to me I am amazing <laughs> I am amazing right? You just yes, every time you get up every time before you go to bed at night
0: I am amaz-. well, I amazing
1: well I think maybe the three of us the three of us <laughs> yeah, could yeah, do yeah.
0: that alright alright deal <laughs> right. we'll do a zoom call right? once a week we'll just have a mate we'll just yeah. chant <laughs>
1: and I do I do yeah I do chat to myself you know I do say look keep you be doing this anyway you know, and how lucky are you but when mm-hmm. the kids had a week off school and my husband took a week off work and on Monday so I said, Oh god, I can't believe it, to go back to school and my husband came to Oh, I can't believe it. And I said, I think I'm the only person in the house. I can't wait to go to work. I was like, you <laughs> know, like I do <laughs> go back, back to school. school. It's a
0: crazy <laughs> yeah. thing, isn't it? It's a crazy yeah. thing. But love- doing your passion as a as a job, it Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like you have to be simultaneously incredibly arrogant to to believe that this is the yeah. thing, but also I still struggle to get my head around it. I don't really know. Uh, I just, yeah, uh, it just it baffles me. So, so, so Sheila, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask.
2: We basically at the end of the show usually do a yep. shout out, right, Dan? Yeah. Um, and I I'm gonna run downstairs really quickly and get a book I want to shout out. So I'm gonna give you oh, one race. minute to yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it. Is that okay? Cool?
1: Yeah, you like that, well, like. And,
2: and you've got to answer. You've got to answer the famous idle hands question.
0: Daniel, go on, go. No. Oh, what's okay. one tiny thing that brings you joy?
1: Oh, surfing.
0: Surfing. It's surfing the water. You, yeah. And one, another
2: quick question. I was I was going to ask this earlier, but I got I forgot. Do you think you'll ever draw anything or paint things that aren't related to water? Do you think you like? Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, there will be people that strike me that. Um, And I have, I mean, I have painted things for sure that aren't water related, but it's usually a person that...
2: What what about the urban landscape? Do you think you ever go into the city, you know, because you're not from the place, I would wonder how you would interpret it almost.
1: Mm, Do you know, that's really interesting because when I look at urban photographers, urban photographers, I love, I love, I love. um, And I love... Uh, people in urban photography as well um, I think for me that compulsion, I find beauty in kind of the rawness of some the raw parts of a city like you know where um, there's graffiti and skaters and street art and you know and all that kind of thing so I would find beauty in it I wouldn't feel compelled to uh, mm-hmm. there was an artist I watched a little documentary on David Heffer Heifer, Heifer. And he's in his 80s and he's another one that would be worth checking out just from an urban perspective. And he does these massive paintings. He's hugely successful. He's English, I think. Uh, And he puts concrete down and then he paints on the concrete. Uh, Mm. I just watched a short documentary on him and I had never heard of him before. And he blew my mind. Um,
2: Please send me that, will you?
1: Yeah, so he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's on Instagram, but I'll send you a link to the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And um, website. no, website.
1: At, at the moment, no, but I enjoy urban photography for sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay, right, let's talk about shout outs. Sheila, have you got anything you want to shout out?
1: Uh, because I listen to podcasts while I work, uh, yours being one of them. Um, there's a podcast I listen to and it's a guy called Blind Boy. I don't know whether you've heard of him. I know he's done a couple of shows in England. And he does the Blind Boy podcast. And all I'll say is it's out there, but his mind is incredible and the things that he talks about. So I'll give you a really quick example. And this will be so bizarre, but he makes complete sense of it. So he was sitting on a a riverbank and he is trying to practice meditation. And he might only do five or 10 minutes. And when he comes out of the meditation, he saw this otter. (laughs) This would be so bizarre now, but when you listen to him, his mind is brilliant and he makes so much sense and he's incredibly funny. But he said, oh, that otter must be called Yerty Ahern. Now, this is so bizarre. <laughs> get to, you'd have to listen to him. <laughs> and so then in his podcast, he's talking about his meditation practice and he's he's been recently diagnosed autistic. And he was like, oh, now everything makes sense. So, he was saying how he had saw this in a moment of clarity. He was in the zone, saw this otter playing. He had like this enlightenment moment. This otter is called Yerty Hearn. So now he goes down to what he calls his Yerty Hern's couch. And he, that's his meditation spot. So when he was sitting down there recently, he went on Google Maps to try and find something. And what pop, popped up on Google Maps was Yerty Hern's couch because somebody else who'd been listening to his podcast about this otter, Yerty Hern. <laughs> Had been looking for the spot that he sat in and has typed it in and now it's on Google Maps. So it's about his thought process. He's very into art. Um, he would talk about politics, but he has a fantastic way of approaching it. Um, he's really into Irish mythology. He's just a fascinating person, incredibly funny. Uh, just so incredibly funny, and I will bring you off on a tangent through his head. So that is my shout out. Sounds totally bizarre, but if you get it, you get it.
0: I think it's okay. British. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I'm okay. Blind, blind boy, yeah? Uh,
1: blind Saint John,
2: blind. him as well. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I like that. I think, Dan, you can follow that because I can't. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I only realized my own madness when I'm talking
2: out loud. She's taking us down. Down. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> my one is a good friend of ours, um, Tom Collins. Looks like he's recently been working with... Uh, I don't know what the right name is for this. Is like a beekeeper? Okay. I don't know if you've seen this, Paul. He's just put out a little bit of work that Ooh. he's done with this beekeeper. And it's fucking yes. incredible. Is I, it like, I, I started Miami.
1: following him and he started following me. It must have been through ye. And I he maybe, does uh, photography maybe. and he's amazing.
0: He's Barry, South Wales. Yeah. Mm. He's,
1: he's amazing.
0: Man. I think there's only been a few photos that have come out, but um, yeah, he just posted them on Instagram and I, I really love them. Like, I want to see a lot more work. So we've been working... Um, I'm all over the place. I think the coffee is just kicking in, Sheila. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, we've been talking to Tom recently uh, about um, potentially doing a, a magazine with some of the work he's done around Barry. And we were talking about portraits and posed things and kind of leaning a little bit more documentary. And this, Paul, I don't know if... Have you seen it? Am I... You haven't seen it? No, no, I, have, I haven't seen it yet, but I will... This, I will this look. leans quite far documentary but it's still what that tom collins kick really enjoys you it. know
2: i think because what if, i i think I, I think
0: and i you i will stand corrected tom can stand correct
2: can correct me but i think his wife has her own marketing company and he went to take some pictures at uh isn't an, an avery no that's for birds An avery, avery? I don't know what, you call, what where do the bees live
1: with the p apri, apri,
2: apri. That's, not, that's not
0: monkeys with an apiary.
2: No? Um, <laughs> and, that's that's An <laughs> apiary. I'm looking at the bees now. Yes, Daniel. I've got the bees in front of me. Yeah, yes. I really like and, it. And I, I think, yeah, me too. I think it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a lot more like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we were talking about, so Tom has done a lot of street photography in Barry, and um, we're going to put a zine, a, a zine out on our, our website for him, not on, you know, an idle hands book. Basically. A physical book. A physical book.
1: Yeah. A physical book. Wow.
2: Um, and we were just talking about how street photography and documentary photography there's a very thin, thin line between the two of them you know one is purely candid i suppose and one is there's a an element of you stopping and speaking to people and getting involved with the community and asking those questions and yeah. when you do when when you take that step and and do that to the work the work becomes I, not deeper deeper is the wrong word but it becomes more meaningful to you layer and be, be yeah. layered yeah there's yeah, more yeah. Uh, there's there's more nuances to it and and we were just talking about how, you know, Tom's street work is phenomenal. And by adding extra portraits of where he's, instead of it being a candid portrait, where it's actual a conversation, it does something extra to the work, which just has another layer of meaning. And by adding objects, portraiture, landscape, all of these things together make, make, make maybe make a better book, if that makes sense. That's, yeah. That kind of, yeah. Um, do I have to do mine? Okay, so I'm going to do, this is a book by a man called oh, wow, that's cool. Sebastian Bruno. Um, And he oh. lived in South Wales for uh, the last 10 years. And he's
0: I think he's Italian and I'm not sure if he is Italian. So I apologise if you're not Sebastian. Ed would but, be um, happy. He's put a photo on the front of his photo book.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's beautiful. It's like all around the South Wales valleys. And it's like a last, I think he leaves Wales and he and it's like a goodbye to Wales after we, when he leaves okay. and photographs i can just show you a couple but they're like a bit like do you know, you know when le- of, when was here? this work made uh, it was only a couple of months ago you know It's,
0: it's and it's amazing it is it's really is, is wonderful that, okay so it's a very recent project it
2: looks timeless yeah yeah. and do you know what's really cool what's really cool and, and what I love about it is he's he's again this this mixture and this line blurring blurring lines he's blurring lines in this book and it's beautiful it's a really if you don't have it you know, this is one for your kids. Yes, that's on oh, my screen. Gorgeous! Wow. Sorry, what was that again? Sorry, mate. Uh, that's "Tara" by Sebastian Bruno. Sebastian Ta-ra. Bruno. Tara. 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 <laughs> that's the most Welsh.
0: No.
2: <laughs> um, um. Let me say thank you, Silo. Silo. God, I called you Silo at the end. That's of okay. I
1: get, I've got called that all the time. That's okay.
2: <laughs> thank you, Sheila, for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. I think. Both of us really enjoyed that. Dan, didn't we? It was amazing. No,
0: it's was terrible, mate. Rabbit.
2: It was like my favourite. Yeah, I think my might go up as my favourite. You're going to be top of the list now, Sheila. Uh, We've got it. Yeah,
1: You have got to got say that. that. You have to say that while I'm here. But thank you. And um, thank you, guys. I'm honoured you to ask me, first of all, considering some of the guests you've had on, um, but also just your insight and what you do is fabulous. And it's lovely just chatting with people who are really into what they do. So thank you. you so much. I've had loads of things to come away with now. You've made me feel well, really good. Well, so we're honored.
0: We're honored. You said yes. So <laughs> we'll, we'll share links. We'll definitely share links. Yes,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Great.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you, thank so anybody listening, you can probably tell we're quite energized at the moment, well, there's lots of stuff coming. Um, so hopefully you haven't heard the last of us for like six or nine months, which is our, our normal way of operating. that We disappear off the face of the planet and then get too busy and Never do anything. So, so we're 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 trying to practice what we preach a little bit, and we're doing a little bit more. So, hopefully, you'll start hearing lots of stuff. Paul, do you want to quickly jump in and say anything about the newsletter? People signing up for the newsletter.
2: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We got a. So, I I I love the internet, and I love scouring the internet for random pieces of nuggets and little bits of information. And I've spent the last couple of weeks putting a newsletter together, which is not just photography, everything that I find interesting, really. It's just, I've called it 10 things. And it's 10 things I found on the internet in the last month that I think you may like. Yeah, um, you, may, you may not. And I think the one thing I will say to people listening, in that there's an advert at the very, very end. There's a French advert, and I think it's the best
0: advert ever, ever <laughs> made. Ever. It's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually clicked any of the links yet. Um, so listen, come come to the website. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link on the Instagram. We'll, we'll do all the boring stuff. We'll try and leave all the breadcrumbs to make it nice and easy to do. But come and sign up to our newsletter. We promise we're not going to spam the crap out of you. It's just one thing every month. Um, and then you'll also be kept up to date with anything else that's coming down the pipe. I got myself lost there. I don't really know how to describe that. Um, but yeah, but come it, and sign up. In the... In the barrel, as I in, in, in the barrel. <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to get barreled. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Can I share my surfing story real quick? Have we got enough? Oh, Go yeah. On. Come on. Love us. I love us. I only tried to surf one time. Me and my brother went down to Port Town in, uh, in Cornwall. It was my brother's birthday, and I wanted to do something a bit more interesting for his 30th. So we.
2: <laughs> you like, like my grandma? You give me details I don't need. Just cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, cut to
0: the chase. So <laughs> my brother, like when we grew up, he was he was really into skateboarding and stuff um and he's he just picked up surfing immediately like so we're so we're just messing about on foam boards in the foam my brother's picking it up like brilliantly <laughs> we every time i stand up every time within about a fraction of a second i'm back on my ass being dragged up, up up a pebble beach by the sea and i i just i don't know it was like a really awesome reminder that nature is definitely in charge.
1: Absolutely. Yeah it's a, it's a hard thing to learn it's really hard the later in life you know that you go, but if you have skateboarding or snowboarding or something, they all marry really, really well. Like yeah. I have a surf skate, which is like um, it's it's used for dryland surf practice. So okay. essentially, it's a skateboard, but you when you ride it, you don't have to like push with your foot so much. You actually You're use the momentum of the board, so you can pump it. So it mm. the trucks the. Like, it kind of moves on the wheels. Right. Like, it's hard, you know, another one to look up. <laughs> uh, but my son now, who's 11, like, I mean, he's just, he's he's always skateboarded and surfed. Uh, he's just got onto the development squad. But now he's, like, overtaking me. But it, all that marries, like, his, now that he's surfing more, his skating has come on more. Now he's surf skating And like that, it's just time, you know, it's time. But it is one of the hardest arse-kicking things ever. And the sea is the boss, 100%. You oh, yeah. know, like, she's in charge. it just, it it humbles you every time, you know, and for the one good wave you get, you'll get washing machined and you'll wipe out and you'll, you know, like I was saying to someone the other day, I love it when it's a bit bigger. Now I know my limits. I'm not under any illusion about my ability, but I was saying to someone, like, no more than you're perceiving people on Instagram thinking, oh, they have it nailed. Like, I'm paddling out and in my head, I'm like, i I see the waves coming towards me and I'm just like, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine. You know, like, it's... um. Like I know, I love it once I'm out there, but yeah. it's getting out there. So yeah, yeah, I I can nearly feel, I can nearly see it. I can nearly see the whole action of you just going, and then after yeah, like this beach. is how it happens. <laughs> I bet you still had fun though. Bet you came out and you felt great, did
0: you? Like, like I said earlier, I think you enjoy being out of your depth, Sheila. I think I think yeah. you just don't want to be in your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Sheila, yeah.
2: First, final, final 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 question: Is so is is Trimor near Waterford? Are they are they close to yeah. each other?
1: Yes, Camorre is in Waterford County. It's just in the very, very southeast corner of Ireland. Yeah, and it doesn't have the best surf and it's freezing and the weather's all right. But uh, (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) All right. You know, are you getting a lot of rain? We just have rain constantly. Yeah, rain.
2: rain. It's been raining this week, heavy, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just. Um, I,
2: I, uh, Danielle, I think we have to say thank you, don't we, one more time? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, one. Yeah.
1: I, I won't leave you go. I'll be enjoying the chat too much. So.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> no we, we, should, we, should do it again. We, we, we definitely, um, we definitely want to do videos over the course of the next twelve months, and we, we might, you know, get a boat over and come and oh. see you in Ireland,
0: see you, see your parents' house. I've got roots in yeah. Ireland. But I've never ever been, so I, I need to, I need to
1: come visit. Well, I always say when people are coming to visit Ireland, go west, go as far west as you can possibly go, because that's the real Ireland. The real you know, um, it's all the real Ireland. You know, but it's it's there's definitely a rawness to everything the further west you go, um, and it's the Gael talks as well. So there's more Irish spoken, which like it it brings out a difference even in how people narrate how they're talking. You know, it's it's. It's a different world even compared to where we are here. You know, it's wonderful. So come here and then move west.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. Thank you. I'm going to do it. Okay.
1: I will leave you go now. No, no.
0: no. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You <laughs> go now.
1: You uh, can go. go, go <laughs>
0: boys, you can leave me. Where's the best place for people to keep up to date with everything you're doing, Sheila? I know you said your website's under construction.
1: Yes. Uh, so really just Instagram. Um, I'm not on Facebook uh, because they were telling me who my friends were. And I just thought they're not, like I would say, you've been <laughs> friends with such and such for a year. And I was like, no, I've been friends with them for 20 years. So <laughs> uh, no, no. it was for other reasons. It was just another rabbit hole I get sucked into. So Instagram at Sheila Walsh Artist, but it's Sheila without a father. So it's S-I-L-E-W-A-L-S-H Artist. And that's it at the moment. Yeah. Until I get my act together, which could take another long time. So uh, it,
2: yeah. it'll be worth the remember, wait, I'm remember. sure. I am amazing. Yeah. Uh, I am
1: amazing. Um, Thank it, yeah. you.
2: Every day, okay. every morning, when you get up, first thing you say, all right?
1: <laughs> I promise. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so Thank much, you. Guys. Sign off. I'll leave you
2: go. Uh, I really Thanks. appreciate it. Thank you, Sheila. Yeah. Well, I Big
1: love. appreciate it too. Thank you so much. Catch you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
2: How do I I stop it? And there's a square.